G'day and welcome to Occupied, your fortnightly podcast for all things occupation and occupational therapy. A quick reminder, if you would like to be part of the exclusive Occupied Facebook community, sign up either from the Occupied Facebook page or the little sign up pop up on brockcooker.com with your email address and you will automatically get sent an email invite straight back to you. Just do double check your junk mail just in case it ends up in there and come and join us, our guests, other fans of the show to discuss all things occupied. This episode, we are doing something that I've wanted to do for 15 episodes and I wanted to have a look at coffee and do a little bit of an occupational analysis showing what it means to me and how I view the process of making it. Coffee, the universal drink. Everybody's heard of it, I am sure. Anyone who has listened to this podcast will have at least heard of coffee. I understand some there may be some very rare people that have never tried it, but I am almost certain that everyone listening to me right now has at least heard of coffee. Close to one of the top three most drunk drinks in the world. I believe, only surpassed by water and tea. Well, actually, I think it's the other way around. I have a feeling there's tea than water. But that's another story, because today I would like to talk to you about coffee. And while we're talking, I'm going to brew a couple of cups. So, most people's experience of coffee will be as follows. So, you crack open the jar, there's all these little coffee granules in there. We'll spoon some out into a cup. Pour some hot water over the top. Give it a stir and we're done. Boom, magic coffee you can add. Milk, cream, honey, sugar, any number of different additives to it to get the taste to your liking. But for the majority of people, this is a cup of coffee. And I'm a firm believer that because this is a cup of coffee to a lot of people, that this is how most people, even when the word is mentioned, would picture said cup of coffee. The other way that I think they would picture it is a bought one. So, you know, the little Starbucks takeaway cup with the little sippy lid on it. I think that would probably be the other way. But obviously, I am sitting in my office recording this podcast and there is... Let me look. No, there is no Starbucks in here. So, I'm going to stick with when you're making coffee at home, most people picture exactly what I've just brewed up. But I want to highlight a way that I make coffee. And I I, I will preface this by saying this is how I used to make coffee. The, The cup that I've just brewed is how I've made coffee for 15 years. In the last year, my the 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 meaning and the value of coffee to me has had a drastic change. And I'd like to explain that to you and explore that with you. So It started by watching a video by Matt Diavella. 
I've mentioned him on the podcast before. He's a YouTuber. He makes he directed a of a documentary called Minimalism. He's a filmmaker. Uh, as you know, minimalism is a, a strong interest of mine. But I am a big fan of his YouTube, where he makes a lot of really valuable content for creatives and just for people in general. A lot of it is about self development and uh, you know trying to better yourself. But one of the things he mentioned was using his daily cup of coffee as a mindfulness exercise. So let's have a look at how I tend to make coffee, and that's using what's called a Chemex, which is kind of a large glass flask, kind of looks like a chemistry beaker, hence the name, where coffee is put inside a paper filter that sits in the top of it and filters through, drips through commonly known as a filter method in the, in the coffee world. So one of the first things about this is that it, it takes a lot longer. It takes a lot longer than some methods. It takes a lot longer than, say, my stovetop uh, percolator. It takes a lot longer than an electric percolator. It takes about the same amount of time as a French press and takes miles longer than just your average cup of instant coffee. So, but this itself has some benefits. So the process of making coffee with a Chemex goes as follows. Firstly, we need some beans and we need to weigh, weigh them out. It's quite scientific in a lot of ways where you can get different flavors from the coffee using different temperatures of water, different amounts of coffee, different amounts of water. So adjusting that sort of water to coffee ratio, different sizes of grind. You can also get different flavors. So we measure out some coffee. We grind that bad boy up. I can use a manual grinder, which is what I have. Uh, it's quite therapeutic if you have the time, but it can take a long time. So I tend to cheat a little bit sometimes. And I have found a wee fix where I can attach the shaft of my manual coffee grinder to my power drill. Makes a wee bit of noise, but is far quicker, surprisingly. What we're going to do then is we are going to take these coffee grinds, which are, I have already set my grinder to grind them to the perfect grain size uh, for me and for the type of coffee that I'm using. I'm using an Ethiopian single origin from the Yoga Chef region for this particular brew. Uh, we're going to put that into the filter of the Chemex. Now, prior to doing this, we wet the filter down. Once the kettle's boiled, I have a, a gooseneck kettle, which is kind of a funny looking, looks really old school, but it's got a really long neck that the water spout, uh, the water comes out of that starts from the bottom of the kettle and allows you much more control when you're pouring it into uh, sort of odd coffee devices such as this. So the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna wet that filter down just with a bit of water. That also helps preheat the glass that we're using in the Chemex. We then get rid of that water. 
just tip it into the sink. And we can put our coffee grounds into that filter and just sort of give it a little bit of a shake side to side to make sure it's even. From there, the next stage is one of those stages where there can be a million different variables and you're going to get different flavors out of your coffee by adjusting different things. The first stage and the, the most, I guess, universal of all of them is called the bloom. And what we do is we pour a small amount of water into the coffee grounds. And what we're essentially doing is almost pre-soaking them before we do our, our proper pour. So what this does is, depending on who you are, some people will say it releases the carbon dioxide from the ground up beans and you know that allows for a much smoother cup of coffee and that kind of stuff. For me, I'm more of the opinion that it pretty much just pre-soaks the grain so that when we do do our full pour that there's an even soaking. There's no like little pockets of dry beans that get missed. So what we do then is we do our first pour. I'm going to use a two pour for this particular brew. Uh, we pour, well, in this instance, probably roughly around 200 grams of water, 200 mils of water. Uh, just in a slight circular motion, nice and even and controlled across the, the grains. And we're going to wait once we've sort of hit that. We're going to wait for about 30 seconds just to let that filter down a little bit. And we're going to pour the remainder of our water in. So it's roughly about another 200. Once that's in there, that's our, I guess, process side of it done. We just wait for the coffee to finish filtering down through the grains, through the bed uh, of, of grain, grind, sorry, into the bottom part of the Chemex. Once that water's finished filtering through, what we're going to do is simply get rid of the filter. So the good thing about a Chemex is all the grains are in the filter. So we lift the filter out. We can put that straight in the bin. All the coffee grounds are gone. Nice, easy cleanup. Chemex itself has a little spout carved into it or molded into the glass. So you can pour into your cup straight from the Chemex. And you will end up with a deliciously smooth, generally a, quite a floral cup of coffee. Filter coffees tend to bring out a lot more of the, what they would call origin flavors. So quite often they're, you know, fruits, acidities, that kind of thing from the, wherever it's from. This particular one from Ethiopia has a really strong sort of peach smell and a peach flavor to it. It's quite delicious. These single origin coffees I don't generally have with milk. You definitely can. Uh, I just prefer them not to. I guess the benefits of me making coffee this way is I get to explore a lot more of the science and the the nuance of coffee. The process itself of making it tends to then, for me anyway, and part of my morning routine becomes kind of a mindfulness exercise in that it actually takes some concentration to make it. Even in recording this, I am, I'm not actually voicing over while I make it. I had to make it first and then I'm, I'm doing the voiceover afterwards because it does take some concentration to get it right. And it's quite easy to, uh, you know, over extract the beans or stuff up your grind or like there's quite a few different areas where you can ruin a perfectly good cup of coffee. So it, it takes concentration. It takes being in the moment and 
an exercise for me, I like to do it first thing in the morning, is really try and I find it kind of sets my focus for the day. So being able to force myself and say, listen, this is going to take me roughly about six minutes from go to woe. This is a great start to your morning, being able to really be in the moment, be right there. Uh, I don't have any distractions from anyone else because generally I'm the first one up in my household. Even the dog's still asleep quite often when I'm up. So being able to hone that focus and really kickstart the morning by being present and being there and being fully engaged in this occupation of coffee. I found that coffee, when I started making coffee like this, it took uh, on a very different meaning for me, whereas previously it was very much for the caffeine hit. I didn't feel like I could start my day without that, that morning caffeine jolt. And I found that it's less and less about that. In fact, if they could make decaf taste any good, I'd probably drink that at this stage because it's very much about the process. Uh, For me, it's very much about that journey towards mastery. And the thing that I love about it is there's so many kinds of coffee. There's so many different methods of making coffee that to a degree, mastery of coffee overall is almost impossible. And I know that from the get-go. But I've chosen my preferred method, which happens to be the Chemex, and I've chosen my tools of the trade, I guess. So specifically, I have uh, some kind of specialty tools like my my gooseneck kettle, uh, the types of beans that I I buy, single origin beans, because they have a lot more of those floral flavors that then I try and master the method to get the most out of those beans. Coffee beans, a lot of people won't know that coffee beans are often seasonal, so I can't buy the same kinds of beans all year round. So even in that instance, I, I have to change and modify, and each different bean is going to be have a slight variation on how I brew it. Learning all of that has been a massive challenge for me, and it's an ongoing challenge, and I'm 100% definitely still a very coffee novice, even though I may be talking about a lot of things that most people listening to this, may not have ever never heard of. Uh, I am still very much in the novice stage when it comes to some of the, uh, I, I guess, the caliber of people looking at uh, into coffee and growing coffee and roasting coffee and um, you know some of the baristas that also compete. There are barista competitions, there are Chemex competitions for who can essentially brew the nicest cup of coffee uh, it's it's a completely different world, and it's quite fascinating to me. But my engagement in this is very much started out as a mindfulness exercise. Uh, I was building a mindful morning routine, and this became part of it, as, lo- as well as uh, a short mindful meditation session, catching up with the news, breakfast, but trying to be very present in all of that. Now it's very much an occupation that I would count as probably one of my favorites to engage in. It's definitely uh, a challenge and I love a challenge. I love learning new skills as part of the reason I started this podcast in the first place was a, a technological challenge and learning new skills. I'm still learning. I'm always going to be learning, I feel, when it comes to coffee, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I no longer have coffee purely for 
that morning jolt. It's uh, I used to refer to it as a you know a heart starter or a morning starter, uh, as a lot of people may have heard similar through their parents, their friends, etc., their fellow coffee people. But it, it doesn't have that meaning for me anymore. It's taken on a whole nother uh, life within me. I guess what I'm trying to get across is something as simple as coffee, even within the same person. So in this instance, within me, across time, in a different context, can have very different meaning. The meaning can evolve, the meaning can change. The interesting thing is that I still will drink instant coffee at times because it serves a very different purpose for me. I used to drink instant coffee before I trained. And a couple of reasons was it was lower in caffeine than the caffeine that I was brewing. It was very quick, as you you heard earlier. And I could still have that and it wouldn't necessarily, it tended to not mess up with my sleep. Me usually training in the late afternoon or evenings, I could have that before training and it wouldn't mess up with my sleep. Uh, The coffees that I tend to brew with the filter uh, and I have no idea what the varying caffeine levels are. All I know is experientially that they would often disrupt my sleep, make it slightly harder for me to get to sleep, etc. after training that evening kind of thing. So I still have instant coffee in the cupboard. Uh, As you heard earlier, I brewed a cup earlier, uh, but I it, it has a very different meaning. And yes, they're both still coffee, And to some people, they may even taste the same. It may be a complete waste of time. Uh, If coffee is coffee to you and you don't mind, you don't care, then it might be a waste of time. You spending 10 minutes to really craft a cup when all you really want is that hit and you think instant tastes amazing, then we are very different people. The other thing I will note is, yes, there are still some very strange, unique sometimes challenged people who (laughs) dislike coffee altogether. I prefer things like tea. I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, But those, I I also like tea. I'm not as big into it as I am coffee, but I do know people that, uh, I guess, specialize in tea and and enjoy exploring the world of tea, which, you know, is equally as enormous and can be as scientific as different brew temperatures and brew times and different leaves from different countries and that kind of thing, or can be as instant as, you know, an Earl Grey tea bag in the bottom of your cup and some hot water. So there are different ways. They mean different things to different people. I guess one of my big messages always with my students and when we're looking at anyone's occupations is never assume. And I would hope that I've proved that to you in this instance, even from the fact just from the fact of trying to prove that a cup of coffee isn't just a cup of coffee. 